0: Hey everyone, welcome to the newest episode of Untucked. Today we are going to talk about Philly sports, (laughs) Um, per usual, but lots of exciting things happening right now. Um, We're going to discuss the unpredictability of events and factors that influence markets, economies, and really what that means for financial plans. Uh, that'll be our Coach's Corner discussion, and then we're going to talk about the way, they, the, the way that the finance industry is portrayed in media, TV shows, movies uh, specifically. And then, as this will probably be our last pod before Halloween, the top five scariest movies. Enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own, and they do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project, Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to episode 74 of Untucked. This is Megan.
1: And Mike.
2: And this is Jeff. So in the spirit of the MLB playoffs, did you guys know that they go through approximately like 120 baseballs per game?
0: I didn't know that. So does that
1: mean all the ones that get scuffed at the plate don't get used again?
2: Scuffed at the plate, yeah, foul sense. balls that go into the stand, home sure. runs. Yeah. When they make a last out, and they're running off the field, and they throw it into the stand, like about 120. It's like 275,000 baseballs are used a season. Um,
0: Shouldn't it be more? Yeah. No. So.
2: Remember, like they play each other. 30 teams ish 162 games but they play each other i mean you guys can fact check it i'm just, just <laughs> throwing it out there all
1: right,
0: all right, okay you were prepared for that response
2: absolutely
0: <laughs> prepared for it because i watched
2: the games and i'm like oh my god that one hit the dirt and i just see them immediately throw it away and I'm like like how many baseballs do they go through in one game there's only nine innings so what do they do with them do they just throw them all in the crowd it's a great question mike
1: He's an got an answer.
2: They don't reuse them for games, right. but they authenticate some of them and sell them. Like this game, this ball was used in this game. People buy them. They also use them for like batting practice and some of the minor mm. league stuff.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. You guys
2: have any other questions about that fun fact?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no. Very well prepared. Thank you. We got some exciting Philly sports to talk about. Start with the Phils.
2: Do you want to start with the Phils?
0: Sure. Yeah, I think so. I mean...
2: Since we've had our last pod, mm-hmm. I think they've made the playoffs, beat St. Louis, and beat Atlanta.
0: Uh, yeah, you, you're probably right. They might have been in.
2: Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't I matter. mean, the fact they beat St. Louis, that was, that was nice. I mean, we kind of felt like they had a good chance. Did not think they were getting past the Braves. Yeah. And. Handedly. Yeah, handily, like three to one, in exciting fashion, I might add.
0: As exciting as baseball baseball can be, yes.
2: Well, I mean, you guys may not think it's exciting because I don't think you watched any of it.
0: I watched the Brave series.
1: I watched a little bit of it. Like, I think I might have seen the, the eighth or ninth inning of one of them. Okay. Was it when they came back, or is that against St. Louis? When they came back in the ninth and won, I don't know doesn't matter.
0: He watched a comeback. back. I watched,
1: okay. I watched a little bit of, of, of it, which was against my protocol, but I did.
0: Now you, you're in-in. I have to be. I mean, <laughs>
1: you were I'm an NLC, record. NLCS guy is
2: when you said you would jump in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how do you guys feel about the Padres
0: series? Well, considering that the first time I watched the Padres was two days ago, <laughs> not sure I have a lot to say.
1: Do not like their fans. They're what don't you like about? Them? Losers. <laughs> I saw some clips of, of them doing stupid, like really, I like the lame songs stuff. and stuff. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, pretty lame. Their colors are awful, also really bad. Like, how do you have a San Diego team brown and yellow?
2: Melissa said the same thing last night. Like, they should be tropical. Was her was her mm-hmm. next comment? I don't, I don't know don't... about
0: like tropical. Like, I don't need like Tommy Bahama, but I need like a blue.
2: Well, they used to be blue. I don't yeah. know why they've changed their color. Yeah. I think they've changed their colors like three times. Okay, um, they actually have like a tropical themed uni. But how do you? I mean, do you think? How, do you, how are you feeling about the Phil's chances?
1: When it was, um, was it four nothing? It was, it was four, four nothing. Yeah, I was feeling very positive, and after that debacle of an inning, when. Every single Padres player just lit up every pitcher. Um, Yeah. Very much less so.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. I think Wheeler should just pitch every game.
2: I agree. (laughs) Some guy called the radio station today. He's like, why do these guys, why do these pitchers need four or five days rest? Like, why? Like, you want to talk about stupidity.
0: Yeah.
2: Maybe the Philly fans
0: are. Worse of the Padre, I mean, I think they're... Obviously, winning two out there would have been awesome. But to come back to Philly for three games in a row with a game in hand, like, that's awesome.
2: I think it's... Yeah. I mean, I... Th- they're in I, a great position. I think they're in a great position. I think the crowd will definitely be a factor Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. And if they can win two or three, you got to win one in San Diego.
0: Or just end it here. Or just end it here. I know that's very difficult to do, but I know I texted you last night. But how? How do you hit about
1: hit a guy with like a change up when it's like a one two count in that uh, situation? How do you hit it? And it almost went behind him.
2: Yeah, I mean it shouldn't. Like I'm okay with you not throwing a pitch near the strike yeah. zone for the next pitch or two, but you can't hit him.
1: Like I understand you, you're trying to throw like a like rip a fastball like inside and it kind of gets away from me and clips him in the elbow. I get that. But it's like a change up.
2: I mean, I, I put I la- like I put last night on Nola, dude. I mean, they were up for nothing for him f- on a fluky inning. Like we didn't like we weren't hitting the crap out of ball. They literally like the sun mm-hmm. gave us four runs. You got a four run lead, dude, which we never give Nola a lead. He's always like he, he's always like shut down pitching. And then like we lose like two nothing. Um, we don't we don't hit for him, dude. You got to be better than that, man. You just got to be better than that.
1: Let your brother get a hit off you.
2: It's crap.
1: What else you got on Phils?
2: Not much. I mean, other than you know, a few more points that we can dabble into. Uh I mean, how about Bryce, dude?
0: Yeah, he's a stud.
2: He was doing pretty bad towards the end of the season. We we're thinking about his thumbs bothering him. Um. And he's been on fire in the playoffs.
0: The vibes are good.
2: I had a buddy from like New York, New Jersey, text me, and he was like, "Yeah, well, you know, as soon as Bryce cools off, like he can't stay hot for this long. Like, he's gonna stay hot for two more weeks, like a week and a half." And guess what? If he's not hot, Schwarber will get hot, or Boehm will get hot, or I mean, they just have a lot of good hitters. So I'm not really concerned if like somebody goes cold. By the way, Schwarber's bomb. I Guys I have no reaction to that. I feel like I should bring other people in to talk Philly <laughs> sports, or at least to talk
1: Phillies. I, I mean, he's, he crushed it. I think you, Can't hit you it any better. You just said
0: it. You said it was a yep. It was.
2: Let's move on. Let's move on. Go, <laughs> well, I, have
0: a, I have a segue to the Flyers. Did you see what the Flyers are doing on Sunday? I did, yeah. So they're opening, I guess the Flyers play Sunday night. They're opening up the Wells Fargo Center at like 2 o'clock so you can watch the fills, Dude. Even though they're, I mean, they're going to be across the street at Citizens Bank.
2: That's awesome. Yeah,
0: so if you have a ticket to the Flyers game Sunday night, you can get into Wells Fargo at like 2 p.m. to watch the fills.
2: That's awesome.
0: Would you ever do that? Yeah. What? It sounds like a complete and total nightmare. Yeah. But I think it's awesome. Dude, the people insanity It is just. Why is it a nightmare? Go to Xfinity Live. Like you've seen the screen
2: in the Wells Fargo Center, right? If it's in your seat, watch it on the big screen. To to your to your question, Mike, absolutely, I would go down. I would tailgate for the Phillies game.
1: I'd go in there. Is this only if you had Flyers tickets, or would you just go independently to watch it there?
2: No, I would if I had Flyers tickets, and especially if it was, like, to win the series. Like, if they win Friday, Saturday, and now it's Sunday to win the series. There's going to be 15,000 people there watching it with you and cheering. That would be pretty cool. So let's get into Fly Guys.
1: It's not much. They're four games in. They won three of them. They're not uh, dominating any teams they're playing. I mean, they're kind of getting some – Good efforts out of some of their you know younger guys. You know they're not. I wouldn't say they're going to be. They're not fun to watch because they're not overly skilled. You know, it's it, they're going to just outwork and chip away. I mean, they they fell behind in all four games. Okay. You know, two nothing. I think it was. I mean. Oh wow. But um, who did they play? Uh, they, the first two games, they played bad teams. I think Jersey and Vancouver, and then they played Tampa and won, and then Florida and, and lost. But, for, I mean, Carter Hart played three of the games. He looked pretty good. You know, I could see them ended up around 500 at best. Okay. But at best. Still missing a couple key guys. Well, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, not a lot of... Not a lot of other feedback than
2: that. Do you Are your expectations, have they been lifted given the four games you've watched? Or are you still like they're going to be the worst
1: team in hockey? No, I don't think they're going to be the worst team in hockey. I don't, but not far. Not far from it. Okay, so your expectations for them haven't changed much. Not a ton. Okay. Not a ton. I mean... It's great they got off to a decent, like, nice start in the first few games. They're not 0-4, but um, they're not going to all of a sudden start packing in the Wells Fargo Center. Okay. Um, And and plus, (laughs) you know, if they start playing some really good teams, I think it's a different story. Different story.
2: So I think our listeners may stop listening because, I mean, it's got to be a violation that we started talking flyers before we started talking Eagles, right? No. It was, it was Meg's segue. All right. <laughs> no. I mean, the Eagles are 6-0. and They just beat Dallas at home. Like, can we talk about the birds a little bit?
0: We were going to get to it. I know. Them.
2: I'm just saying, like, I mean, are, do you guys have any, like, like where's your level of excitement for the birds come next Sunday?
1: Zero, because they have a bye. No, that's this Sunday. Next <laughs> Sunday. Oh, I thought you were referring to this coming <laughs> no. Sunday. No. When they
0: play the Steelers, who might be the worst team uh, in football. Yeah. Uh, no, it's exciting. Yeah, it's fun. Um, the Dallas game's always exciting to watch, even if like you're not a huge Eagles fan, you're not a huge football fan. It's just such a big rivalry. Um yeah, I mean they've been they've been fun. Things look good. And their schedule, I mean we've talked about their schedule just like from here on out is not that difficult.
2: I think I had them with like 3 losses by now when we So when we, yeah. When we did so this.
0: it's kind of hard to imagine. Like I have I'm under no illusion that they're going to go undefeated. I'm just hoping that like this isn't like they're peaking too early in the season. You know, you hope that like they're able to continue to kind of get better each week even if they're playing shitty teams. So that when games really matter, they're playing their best football.
2: I mean, I think they're going to continue to get better. And when you start 6-0, like, they're almost guaranteed to make it to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, well.
2: I mean, they win four more games. It's 10 wins. Like, there's a really good chance they get in the playoffs with 10 wins. They have, like, 10 games left. Like, (laughs) it's crazy to me. It was just like, I wasn't expecting them to be this good.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair.
2: Are they this good? I
1: think they, they are. are. I think they are. Okay.
2: You have you have some hesitation.
1: Frauds. No, it was a, it was a re- le- legit question. Are they like, you know, cuz you know, the old saying in football, you you are as good as your record. Your record is you. Like it's not, oh, we're better than this and we're just getting bad luck. It's your 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 record. But Jeff, I I'm going to I'm going to go on record and say you are getting ahead of yourself. With Always the birds, like, with yeah, with the, like they're six and zero, and there are eleven games left. I forget. they play seventeen or sixteen. I think it's, six, I think 17, it's seventeen then, right? Yeah. I think it's seventeen. Yeah. yeah, you know if they they end up going four and seven, there's no and then way the ten and seven. There's no way they're going four and seven. Giants have one loss. Dude, it's not like they're three games ahead of anyone in the division. <laughs> no I just
2: way. I think the rest of the teams in our division are crap. I think the Giants stink, I think the Commanders stink, and we just we just beat up on Dallas. So I mean, I I think we run away with our division because I think it's early and I think those teams got some wins that they're just going to they're going to their records going to go down. I think our Yeah, I'm probably getting ahead of myself, Mike, but
1: I mean, does Hurts have to stay healthy for this to happen?
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. Of course. What do we got, Gardner Minshew as our backup? Is that our backup? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. Just lived in a van. In I, think, <laughs> I think that's that's like the deciding factor. It's like we weren't sure how good Hertz was going to be, and he turned out to be really good, or it has been really good this year. I think if he continues, yeah, like they might have like 13 wins. He might go seven and four.
1: Okay. Here
0: first. All right, <laughs> I'll take
2: that bet. I would bet on that.
0: <laughs> um, I guess we'll the Sixers a little bit. They open up at home tonight. They lost their first game of the season. So while every other team in Philadelphia was winning, they lost. Um, James Harden's healthy.
2: No hammy issues.
0: Not so far. So we'll see. Long season.
2: Talk to me a little bit about the Boston game. I heard. I didn't watch a lot of it because. I
0: didn't either because of the fills.
2: But I heard JoJo uh, didn't look so good.
0: I just, I heard he was like going through the motions. Yeah. Um, They have not spent much time playing together as a group. He only played in one preseason game. Um, I'm not worried about it.
2: Didn't they play all last year together?
0: No, they half play the year? half the year. I mean, PJ Tucker started, and he's right. an off-season signing. Uh, so no, I mean, like they'll it'll take some time to adjust. Boston's good. I'm not, uh, certainly not raising any alarm bells at this point, but excited to see how the season goes. I'm concerned. Are you just <laughs> saying that to say that you're concerned after one game?
2: I'm concerned that Joel looked like he was going through the motions in game 1 in Boston. Yeah, that concerns me. Like come on, dude. It's game 1 of the season. Like how do you not come out hot? I'm not concerned like Joel's not going to be the player he was last year. I'm just concerned like do, like like that concerns me. <laughs> how you don't come out hot.
0: I think we need you to take, like, a break from talk radio. I won't do like, it. I, I don't, like, maybe go, like, a week with just, like, not listening to it. This has nothing
2: to do with talk radio.
0: No, no, no. Not this particular sentiment, but the fact that you even have an opinion on concerning things after one game. Again. Is a result of you listening to No, it's a result WP. of
2: me being a, a, a Philadelphia sports fan. By the way, which I've heard has now transitioned to 5-for-5.
0: What?
2: Like a 4-for-4 town, right? Philly, Sixers, Flyers, Eagles. Now it's the union. We have to focus. We're supposed to spend some time on the union. They're in the playoffs.
1: Then I'm out on Philly (laughs) sports.
2: No way. Go union. Good luck tonight, boys.
0: All right. Coach's Corner. This article is called Hold Opinions Loosely. It is from the Humble Dollar blog, written by Adam Grossman. Um, we all know how many different factors can and do influence markets, and we also understand how difficult it is predict to predict how difficult it is to predict the type and extent of impact or influence these factors may have. This article discusses the unpredictability and how we should frame it relating uh, related to our own investment strategies.
2: I I really liked how there was one part of the article where they made a comment where he where he, he wrote um, in economics there's no such thing as E equals M C squared type formula like there's approximates uh, so I I mean that's what I took from the article that because I hate this I hate the speculation and like the trying to predict what markets are going to do by reading data um, because a lot of it comes out Right? The, the product of that research comes out as like, this is what we think is going to happen, and you should operate in ranges, not blacks and whites, which I which I appreciated to hear. So I don't think I hear that enough. If I heard it enough, I would I would remember it more.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Whereas it's like, nope, um, Merrill Lynch thinks it's going to be, you know the market's going to be off 10% year to date or this year based on these factors. And I hate that commentary.
0: Just the definitive nature of yep. it. <clears <Yep>.
2: <clears <throat> and I also what I also took away like, dude, how fast does Warren Buffett read? <laughs> like does he or does he just sit in his office all day and just read? Like he five
0: eighty percent of his time reading.
2: Five hundred pages a day? What is he reading?
0: Yeah, five hundred pages a week.
1: Oh a week, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: But still eighty percent of his time.
1: That's a spent. lot. Yeah. What do you I think? don't believe it. You don't believe it? No, I don't believe anything about that guy. Why not? Because he's been, you know, he's, he's, he's been like sainted as this. What's his, what's his um, nickname?
2: I don't know. No, what is it? It's the, um, where where does he live? Omaha. The 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 something of Omaha. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. the, is it the, no, it's not the Miracle. It's the Oracle. Chat. The Oracle, that's it. <laughs> he didn't want to tell me. I hate me. this
1: guy, but I know <laughs> the
0: answer to your question. You know, what's yeah. your beef with
1: Buffett? I just think he's uh, enough with enough with him. Um, I thought that basically the good takeaways from this were the – I talked a lot about the, the sheer unpredictability of events. You know, COVID, for example, you know, yada, yada. But more importantly, it's the even if you can predict something, you can never accurately predict what the world's response will be to it or the you know world economy's response to it. Like, for example, you know, the money printing that went on after the financial crisis, everyone was so certain it was going to result in inflation, hyperinflation, interest rates go like, and it was the opposite. I mean, this time around, it it, it contributed big time to it. But there's just so much certainty, especially when it comes to interest rates, it's always been the case where people believe that they can tell you with certainty where where rates are going, and it's the hardest thing to predict. It's harder to predict rates than, um, you know, stock performance or equity performance. It's just, crazy to me how many how many people have such certainty around what is going to happen based on what just happened or is in the process of happening. And I think that the article tries to call that out and it's it's spot on. It's spot on. And, and the other point they make somewhere in there is that to your point, Jeff, about ranges, it's like, you just have to have a way to deal with any variety of outcomes. And that's, we talk about this all the time on here, which is you know, plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D even. And, and that's the only way to really successfully deal with all the uncertainty that, is, that it has existed forever and it still is today and it will be in the future forever. There's no, you know, that's a, that's a constant. And too many people in our industry try to, you know, battle the, battle the fact of life which is that uncertainty is a fact of life um, and a fact of investing. And, and not coming to terms with that. I mean, I don't know. It's jo- part jo- uh, job security, part trying to you know yeah. sell airtime or newsletters or whatever, what have you. But it's it's um, simple concepts, but kind of some of the most important ones, especially when he's talking to somebody who's freaking out about what's going on and like you know the whole what are we doing and what changes are we making and how are we going to deal with this uh, you know the, the, the russia ukraine thing and the energy thing and the inflation and whatever i mean there are too many variables always at play that are when you crunch them all together there's just no way to know what comes out of that that's why i laugh at these macro guys who you know invest on the Can basis of e- explain what macro, macro is like you know the word macro it's like so it's it's like interest global interest rates global gdp um uh, uh, inflation expectations, equity uh, returns—like they they mash all this stuff together into their little models, and they come out with like a a forecast. Right? We think, you know, U.S. stocks are going to return X this year because of all this stuff. It's a it's a joke to think that you're you're putting all these things into your blender, and what's coming out is anything other than crap.
2: And that's kind of the point I was making. Yeah. If if I if I'm hearing you correctly, that. There's just too many variables to be able to come out with a definitive, like, this is what's going to happen.
1: It's kind of like, I mean, look how sophisticated meteorology is compared to the way it used to be. They can still really only accurately predict, I don't know, a week out. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> and even I mean, that's, like, not done 100%. Like,
1: by now they'd be
0: able to tell you in a month what to, what's
1: going to be going on. Think they have improved the their, their balloons yet? <laughs> no. No.
0: <laughs> I think it's a, it's obviously a huge responsibility of this industry to, to think about that differently. But then I also think from a consumer standpoint, like we as investors have to be more flexible. We have to be more comfortable with uncertainty. And generally people just are not, right? They, we, we, I think, look at things, and not the three of us generally, people look at things very black and white. And it makes these unknown, unexplainable, unpredictable events that much more difficult to stomach because it's like, now, what do we do now? Like, how do we react to this? As opposed to, okay, I had no idea this was coming. Nobody had any idea what this was coming. Like, but we prepared or we planned for some version of it. Not the exact version that came to fruition, but some version of it. Um, I just don't think people generally are comfortable with change or uncertainty and that makes investing really difficult because they want to know if I do this, this is my exact output. And it's like, that's impossible to know. That's not how it works.
2: I thought he made a really great point when he was saying, hey, when we're faced with all these uncertainties and things happen and it doesn't go the way that that we had planned. And he gives the example, like if you're thinking about changing your asset allocation or paying down debt, Like, see if there's a way you can do it in, like, half steps. And I felt like that's worked for some of our clients in the past. Like, when we have a client that the market tanks and they're freaking out, and let's say they're 65% equity, and it's like, we just want to get to cash to just stop the bleeding. To say to that person, it's not the ideal solution, but if you just can't get them to stay invested, why don't we just do like fifty-fifty stock bond? Like just get a little bit more conservative. That's going to be better for them rather than just putting it all in cash. So I thought that was a good point. And he said, you know, developing a plan that is flexible, you know, and and mm-hmm. something that you—it's exactly what we do. Like developing a plan that's flexible, one that you can that you can
0: hopefully stick with.
2: Yeah, that will that will work in good and bad markets, and that's something that you'll stick with. I thought was just great advice.
0: Yeah, I feel like the the articles or the concepts that we talk mostly about are all so, like, commonsensical. <laughs> you know, it's like, and I get, and that's kind of the point, I guess, in in a way. Like, there's so much unpredictability that even common sense is difficult. Like, in it's very easy to understand, it's difficult to practice and to execute upon. Um, but yeah, I th- I mean, I think we all agreed this was a a good read
2: where he lost me on on one section and i just i wanted to get your takes on it um he said you want to stay consistent with your investment plan but you don't want to be overly wedded to it there's a point where consistency can cross over into stubbornness
1: what did he mean like does he mean like there's a point where you change your plan yeah i kind of i remember reading that sentence and thinking the same thing like what do you what are you trying to say like you just here? contradicted
2: yeah. everything you just wrote like no th- like if your plan unless something from a goal standpoint has changed with you y- you you got to ride through it like i can't think of a circumstance where you you know if you're 90% equity and it gets cut in half it, that if you didn't plan for that which you have to plan for that if you're 90% equity that you would shift gears did you get that same vibe from that or no?
0: No, that definitely from that statement. But then he goes into that Aesop example and he kind of like he's referring, I think, to like the stubbornness as unwilling to change. And I think like there's difference in, in maybe like your opinions on the factors that are occurring and then the investment strategy as a result of that is kind of how I interpreted it.
2: Yeah, I mean, you throw Aesop and Big Oak Tree and, and like, lowly read at me, I'm like... You yeah, like, it
0: was probably an unnecessary <laughs> yeah. ad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we good? Yep. So the next topic we wanted to talk about is just um, portrayal of the finance industry and in media. We were talking about this the other day, just a couple of shows, movies um, that we've watched, and the way that these particular um shows and movies like depict everything from banking to wall street to um you know hedge funds and it's just kind of comical i guess is maybe where where we'll start
1: yeah i'll start i mean because i have a opinion Mm -hmm. on all these you know um I jotted down just some of the ones that came to mind. You know, you have Wall Street, the original one with you know, yeah. Gordon Gecko, and then you have, you know, um, you know Boiler Room, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, The Big Short, Margin Call, Arbitrage, Billions, Industry. Those are just the ones that I yeah. think of, right? And to your point, Meg, they are all such different corners of the this industry and i think so many people watch some of these shows or movies and they um they think it's all kind of part of the same for example like wolf of wall street was about a boiler room penny stock swindling operation it has it is nowhere near actual wall street meaning like goldman morgan stanley that you know the 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 big firms that actually are Connected to Wall Street as it's as as it's kind of known, um, but I think a lot of people will watch Wolf of Wall Street and they think that's what like people do in on Wall Street or, or that work in finance or whatever, and it's a joke. Um, and then just the the, the unbelievable license that they, that they take, the writers and the people on the shows that portray it as a certain way that's just absolutely not even close to true. Um, Billions comes to mind for me I think that's a joke Andrew Ross Sorkin Who's in my opinion Famous for doing this stuff Um, You know like Just romanticizing it And creating dialogue That's just so stupid It doesn't happen that way Boiler Room The Ben Affleck one I don't know if you saw that That was was dead on
2: accurate (laughs) Really? Again
1: a penny stock swindling operation It's not you know the Big Short, which was about, you know, the, the credit crisis and, you know, with the, the housing market collapse and, and all that stuff that was going on behind the scenes there. That's a specific story about, you know, the institutional side of the business that is, that, that was, a, a you know, created the great, you know, the 08-09 debacle. Um, you know, and some of the other ones are, are I thought, pretty Pretty spot on too. That, but but they're very specific to, like, margin call with with uh, Jeremy Irons. I don't know if you ever saw that one. I didn't. Mm-mm. You know, a, a a pretty basic story about you know kind of kind of greed and but but a firm that was doing a specific set of things and they got into trouble and he made some bad bets and it was a kind of a drama and it was good flick. But I guess my point is like all of these and industry which is the the latest one also in the in my opinion in the, in the billions category of just you know completely unrealistic storylines and characters and dialogue and kind of a pictorial of what these people do for a living which is just just not real.
2: Like in industry which has kind of got me started on this conversation was like they there's one section of that show where there's like the private wealth management people like the financial planners for the for the ultra wealthy families and they're it looks like their job is literally just to take them
1: out and like buy them dinner like is that what is that I wouldn't call them financial planners I mean they the, the, they're trying to right. they're trying to equate it to the to the ultra high net worth divisions of you know Goldman Morgan Um, firms like that where their clientele have like eight and nine figures um, of of investable wealth and they're not it's not financial planning in the way that we think about it right but
2: are are those like private like is their job like to just take them out and
1: wine and dine them well yeah in part but also to bring them opportunities that they have quote unquote access to that are going to be um, unique to that ultra high net worth clientele now we're getting off on a tangent i guess but um, it's i guess the, the over, for me the overriding point is you know with all these movies and this subject we're talking about the average person doesn't have any understanding of how vast the financial services world is and then when we talk about wall street itself you know all these all those names I just lumped into it. People think of oh, that's Wall Street. That's uh, you know Leo DiCaprio uh, running around, you know, falling down the steps because he's on <laughs> Quaaludes or whatever. I it's just it's just
2: it's just a movie. Yeah. So do you think people watch those shows and like oh, that's what
1: you guys do? I hope not.
0: I don't. I mean, I don't think so. I know your buddy jokes that you are the Wolf of Wall Street, but
1: I don't even
2: know what a penny stock is.
0: I feel like the the financial planner um example is like Marty Bird in Ozark. And <laughs> like he was
1: Right. Yeah, that's I'm, actually a pretty good like one. Yeah. One of the
0: opening <laughs> scenes. He like he likes puts like an asset allocation, like right. the little pie charts that right. we use. He like pushes it over to the other side. But I don't feel like I've ever seen what we do in a movie but not even like not even egregiously or inaccurately just never like here's a financial planner who you meet with three or four times a year to talk talk about your asset allocation <laughs> I've seen it in like a Fidelity
1: commercial I not get greenlit for a movie. come on
0: well, that's obviously the point, right? It has to be so nuts and so crazy for it to be yeah. entertaining. We're
2: pretty, we have a pretty boring occupation. Is what Maybe you're saying?
0: Maybe the most boring. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> it it does kind of bother me how like everything is depicted so like egregiously, like.
0: But that's every job in any movie. Like, not every lawyer goes into every courtroom and screams objection fifteen times, <laughs> right. and like has the gap like. It's just, not every, yeah. you know, doctor saves fourteen people's lives a week. Like it's all egregious.
2: Yeah, I feel like those are bad examples, though. No, I think they're that, that's, exa- that's a good point.
0: What's wh- what's like,
2: bad you, about it is because like it's it's obvious right? that like doctors <laughs> like they're they're not all Doogie housers, and they're not saving lives. Like I mean, we get that. Like everybody goes to their doctor. Everybody everybody like has engaged with an attorney at some point. Like. They don't know what we do so it just gets interpreted like that's what they do yeah
0: sure well and that's if people are are assuming that we are the wall street you know version and that of-
2: that's what wall street is which it's not i mean
1: is our- now i will say going back to billions the show is based on like uh real events Steve cohen's sac yeah apple the hedge funds and because they got accused of, and they were most definitely doing stuff that was not really legal. I mean, they were getting their edge by obtaining information unlawfully. Right. right. Um, so that part of it I kind of was okay with. It's just the characters and the way they talk to each other. Yeah. And and some of that stuff is just really annoying to me. Yeah. So boo on Hollywood.
0: I don't know that I have beef with the entertainment factor like some of the things that you just I haven't seen industry Billions I was in on and then kind of like it got too much but I mean I I can't say that like The Wolf of Wall Street is like a very entertaining movie it's
2: super entertaining
0: right, I'm going to do the top 5 sure top 5 scary movies this is our ode to Halloween
1: tribute to Halloween Yeah. I don't have I I realize that I haven't seen a lot of um, maybe more recent ones and there's yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. And it's not that I don't like them or enjoy them. I just, I'm like, I never heard of it. Like, the, looking at lists of the first one on my list, or number five, and I, it's probably not even this category, but Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's scary, but, you
0: know. It's not a horror movie, but it, yeah. it I which think one,
1: it was, though? Wasn't there only one?
0: There's more than one Silence of the Lambs.
2: Wait, was the first one the, the one that had Ray Liotta in it?
1: No, no. This is uh, Anthony Hopkins. Okay. Jodie Foster. I thought there was another one where, uh, where... Circa 1991. I know exactly.
2: I know that one. Okay. Um, I've got Get Out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What's Get Out? I haven't even heard of it.
0: Um, it was Jordan Peele's within the last, like, f- I don't know, probably five or seven years. Okay.
1: It's more like creepy, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Um. Next, uh, I'm gonna go with. Um, I mean, just gotta go with Halloween. We're talking about Halloween. Okay. <laughs> it's an oldie, and a, I guess a goodie. Maybe it doesn't hold up well now, but okay. Um, I got Hereditary. Never saw it.
0: Never saw it.
1: Scary. I watched it with. I, f- in fact, didn't even finish it. Started watching it with Meredith. Couldn't get through it. Um, no we we had to we had to stop for some reason, but it's definitely like. Super super creepy. You had to stop. Like, and you're like it's you're, disturbing. You're okay not picking that one back up. No, and I will. I okay, will. but it's 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 disturbing. And then uh, my last one is Ring, the Ring. Yeah, Sorry. Mm-hmm. the Ring. I should say that's on my list. Dude. Yeah, a little girl just yeah. creeps me out. Like I won't
2: watch that movie. <laughs> so my list is kind of broken into like ones that <clears throat> scared me like as a kid, um, and then ones that like I'm still scared of. Like, as a grown-ass <laughs> man. And it's pretty straightforward. Like, Exorcist, mm-hmm. The Shining, yeah. Pet Cemetery, The Ring, and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That one. Like, as a kid, that one just... Like, if you fell asleep, you turned into, like, a zombie. So, like, you were just trying to, like, stay awake all night. <clears throat> and there's, like, a family left. And they're all, like, staying awake and then like they kind of doze off and like dad turned into a zombie. That's like the end of the movie. It's, it's oh, Spoiler dude. Spoiler alert. Yeah, sorry. It freaks me out.
0: Um, so scary for me is far more of like the the jumpy scary. Mm-hmm. Like the the ring, even. Like these things that are completely made up, like doesn't really bother me. But if you have like a killer who's walking around and going to pop out and stab someone with a knife. Like that's where I'm more scared.
2: Okay. I mean, like, I guess I like watch the exorcist and I'm like, but like the devil is real, right? Yes. Yeah. I don't believe in that shit.
0: Okay. And like, it's also maybe because I've watched it after being able to watch like movies that just look better. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously it doesn't age well. Right. Um, so I have, I had Halloween as well. I also had the shining, um, have you guys seen Strangers? It's a mm-hmm. family in like a log cabin, and then these two men who wear these white masks, like, essentially imprison them in their own home and just torture them. No, didn't see. But it. it's like <clears throat> the family is like you and your friends going to a cabin. Like it just, it all seems very like possible, right? Um, and also like it's a movie where there's a lot of jumpy. So, like, the music is all scary, and then something pops out, and yeah. Strangers? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, I love Scream. Like, <laughs> I just...
2: It's a good movie.
0: I think it's awesome. I mean, I could probably watch it a hundred million yeah. times. Yeah, uh, Again, though, it's also the music and the this kind of pop-out. I mean, things.
2: to this day, if I'm, like, running to Wawa and my family's in the kitchen, I go, I'll be back, I'll be right back, or whatever he <laughs> said when he was...
0: Um, have you guys seen The Quiet Place?
2: Yes. Uh, I don't know. One and two.
0: Yeah. So it's, um, how do I describe it? It's like a post, uh, I'm going to say apocalyptic world where the creatures that are hunting humans can't see, but they can hear. They have extremely, extremely yeah, good hearing. It, yeah. So the whole movie is practically it's Silent. silent. Other than the noises that the people may accidentally make, and it's a really good movie, but it's also like y- you get so nervous of any yeah. point where they they could make a potential noise. So that's my list. Uh,
2: that was it. Yeah. Good. All right.
0: Cool. All right. Until next time. Thanks for
2: listening. See ya.